When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friends all. Amazing, A M A Z O N. I'm gonna do it one more time. Amazing, A M A Z O N. And you know what that's about? Memorial Day weekend, man. We had a time last wow. night. When I tell you, Memorial Day, ask me how my how was my Memorial Day weekend? Amazing, A M A Z O N. Amazing. That's why. Okay, that's the damn clip of the week because this was one for the books I had. I'm, I'm telling you, I've really enjoyed these days. Uh, tell I ended us. Up being, tell right, us you was out there. Well, you know, there's so much. I ended up being stuck in New York because of work obligations. So I had to be here and I couldn't get out and go do my thing like I wanted to out of town. You weekend. wanted to travel. Yeah. I wanted to travel. I did. I would have. Well, I ain't going to say I would have took the bus. Well, yeah, because it's. Yeah, I could have took the bus. That's how bad I wanted to go. <laughs> but uh, I didn't go out of town. I had to stay in New York. So once again, I just made the best of it. Shout out to uh, Fun With Friends, FWFNYC, who actually can be the black business of this week. Let's knock it out with one. Let's knock it out with one swipe this week. Shout out to this week's black business of the week, Fun With Friends NYC, which is a really dope collective um, that throws incredible events here in New York City and, and other areas. They had a party at the fairgrounds it's called the coney island art oh, walls yeah. um down at coney island right in the middle of all of those roller coasters and rides which y'all know how I feel oh about how cute is that coasters. for you <laughs> and they were so they were lit up so beautifully um it was just a really dope environment one of the hosts got on the mic and said you know they wanted everybody to know uh, because there was one song that came on. I think it was one time for the birthday bitch or something. One song came on. He stopped the music and he was like, "They, we mean that in a good way. He's like, but there ain't no bitches up in here. You know what I'm saying? You celebrate your birthday. You're that person. Because this is a place we, we, we love diversity. We include everybody here. And it's a predominantly hey. straight party. Like, so it was real dope. So shout out to FWF NYC, our Black Business of the Week. You can actually look them up on Instagram. FWF Fun with Friends, FWF NYC, and you can find information on where they have all their events and kind of get to know that group, Dope Collective, who I'm actually going to work with in the future uh, in some sort of way. So stay tuned for that. And you but can actually go right to their great, website, really, FWFNYC.com. You know, that's right for more information. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I'm glad you looked that up because you need to know about them because they do a lot of stuff in Brooklyn, too. And I know that's your stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. So you can <laughs> check that out. Um, but they contributed a big part to me enjoying my Memorial Day weekend in addition to other th- other things that could never be said on a platform like this. <laughs> so I just had a great time. That's what I want y'all to know. I celebrated that weekend. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like to highlight. Mm-hmm. A tweet that I like. No, you wouldn't, because we're not doing <laughs> tweets this week. We don't have no segments. We have a guest. So it's no, fine. you would not. Let me go it's ahead and fine. hit your emergency break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but just know that when I tell we you have, who it was, we you have really a, gonna be we tripping. have a 
we have a recap segment, so I could highlight what I want. To. She said, "You ain't getting out of this one." <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a tweet I saw on my Twitter Ooh. from an account called "Look at mm. Dustin." You know, it's a and couple it, of it, the, the the Twitter fakes have just really been cutting up. <laughs> You know, but, no, yes. but it, if you know, you know, and mm. all I want to say is that made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> wait till I tell you. Oh, when I, t- I'm, I should when you tell you wait, when you tell me who, yeah, you're going to be like, text what? me right now. Text me right now. I okay, need, you know I need you can't some... say nothing. I'm off to this. Well, obviously this is not. Live. I'll just react. Oh. This, is I'll react. Stuff, <laughs> this is live friend zone. Hold this on. is live friend zone. This is a, why is he laughing already? He didn't even send it yet. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I am pulling up the text. No, that's all I got to say. So now, friend, friend, amazing, A M A Z O N, amazing. <laughs> How can I continue the show? It feels like Friday, the fact that you just let that scream out. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about stunned? But I understand. Uh, Hey. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. What's that song? How did we (laughs) get... (laughs) Casamigos, that's how. But it was an incredible, incredible weekend. Shout out to Memorial Day, because I definitely made some memories on Memorial Day weekend. And I too have made said, some memories. Okay, those are hands. Okay, hands on your rib cage, like Rachel those out. Who ain't even black and do braids? With that being wait, said, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. with us, you know, obviously, Saint. Mm-hmm. Did anyone see? No. Oh no. Oh. No. Twice. Oh. No. I know. Like dog. This is so cool. I know, Sorry. Like, crazy. Ain't that crazy? It is. That is crazy. But anyway. I mean, insane. Hey. Here for it, though. Y'all got a little crazy. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, welcome to the friend zone. We we need this energy. We need this energy in life. Lord Jesus. They say conserve energy. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) welcome to the friend zone. Your weekly look into all things mental health, mental hygiene, and mental sexy secrets. Because who in the hell wants a musty brag? I know we don't. Hey, Asante, how you doing? Hey, friend, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, This is probably how to say it. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing as well as I can. I am here. You know what? I'm here. I showed up today. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my job. I showered. Everything I, ate, I even ate something. You know what I'm saying? Look at you. Look at me. That's what it takes. <laughs> you did your best. That's what it takes, okay? What about you, Asante? What's going on? So you got your purple on. I've been an adult. Um, I did some laundry That's this wonderful. weekend. Uh, I also mm-hmm. got a little down packed with some fun as well. Um, mm-hmm. Every day Amen. was a different adventure packed with work and fun. And I worked hard and I played hard. So it was a great weekend. And um, yeah, I just, it was hot, but thank God for AC and short shorts and fine niggas that like to be unclothed. So yeah, it was a great weekend. Ooh, damn. It was a great weekend. So what you trying to say, <laughs> never mind. And, and when I tell never y'all, for, everybody, the rooftop here 
is a movie. Like the people. What's it rated? Um, <laughs> hmm. Well, it depends on the day too because <laughs> there were that's when I there were different. I want to come on. There were different crowds day. of people at different times up on the roof, and so it was like. At one point, I was like, "Is this like the club, like the spot?" Because there's a lot of my people up here too, which was a little <laughs> terrifying, but also very like reassuring. I don't know. It was a lot. Cool. It was really good. How did it work with the music? Did it become a battle of the beats? Pill? Oh, I not really. That. When everybody's there were, chilling in one there space, was a bit, playing, you know, okay. Actually, you know what's really crazy? Not the beats. Uh, it's funny that you asked that, but there is this area. First of all, there are several areas, but there is this one particular area where there's a okay. bunch of reels. I remember it being so odd that there was like Houston. overarching music playing. Like you could hear like one track playing, but as you walked by the separate tables, you could kind of hear their separate music playing, but it didn't feel like they were clashing. It was it so weird. Clash. I was like, okay. this is really nice and classy, even though y'all are, you know, being ghetto with hookahs and shit out here. And then there was the whites too. And everybody was fine and fun and had to kept their distance. People was doing things they weren't supposed to do, which was great because it allowed me to do things that oh, I wasn't good. supposed to be doing. So it was great. Yes. It was great. I actually was like, damn, yeah, I have God. to keep up. I have to keep this rooftop. Like I've never met a rooftop I wanted to stay at until I moved here. So, woo. Well, that's good. All right, get, get, off, the roof, get off the rooftop. Come on, y'all, drink champs. All right, get off, get off, get off, get off. That's wonderful. That's wonderful news. I was watching Drink Chance and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> that loose clap. Yeah. arms. Yeah, I love well, it. Well, I'm 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 so happy y'all are sharing these like New York summer stories because that is just I mean, honestly, New York is just unmatched in the summertime, especially once that weather hits and people are outside again. And I know we've been locked in, so this summer is probably going to be next level because <laughs> people are out maskless partying and just having a wing dang doodle as XD would say. And I but- live in the eye of the storm, baby. <laughs> the eye of the storm. And it's red over here. Okay. I'm not going right. to lie. I might catch COVID this summer. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm just saying if, shit. This, if the shit is still out, like I am tired. He said it's just that I, fun. I, it's listen, just that I fun have, I've, I've done what I can. I've really tried my best. I really just thought there was going to be a point to where it was going to be like, all right, great. Everybody, we've passed the test. We can go back outside, but we're never going to reach that point. And people are going to literally so just do whatever me. the fuck they want to do. And I, for the longest, did not do what I want to do. So there's going to be a point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. The whole tips were right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Wear your mask, I mean, it wash feels, your it hands. It feels inevitable. Right. That's what I do it all the time It feels inevitable anyway. to catch it. Because there are people I know that still in their, like, bubbles and getting mm-hmm. sick. So it's like, same, you know, same. It's just one. Yeah. And not going out. And then people that are going out and not getting sick. So you just really don't know. And let's destigmatize this, right? Because I'm tired of the shame being attached to it. Nobody that I know personally <laughs> is walking out with their palm up saying, a little COVID, please. May I have a little of that right. COVID? Nobody's going <laughs> right. out of their way to catch COVID. This shit is happening on accident to some of the, the most careful people that I know oh, yeah. personally. For some sure. of the most careful people. <laughs> As Kia <So>, raises her <laughs> Right, right. So it's time, you, you know, destigmatize that shit. Motherfucker catch COVID, they caught it. If you're vaccinated and boosted and going out and washing your fucking hands, which your nasty ass should be doing anyway, then let's destigmatize that and let everybody sit their five to ten days out in peace. Because I'm tired right. of all that. And this comes from somebody that ain't even had the shit yet. Oh, okay. Knocking on the wood. 
Okay. I like that you say yet. Knocking on wood. Yeah, because I, you know, shit. I just always think about y'all remember at the studio we recorded at and the engineer being like everybody's gonna get it <laughs> and I always yeah, think about us, that shout out to you we, let's call him R <laughs> shout out to you R he told you told us we was gonna die and shit remember we was like, like oh, damn hell, we was what? looking at each other like is this the end like what the fuck is he going was like on? everybody's gonna get it it's gonna be crazy <laughs> one in three people's gonna die we looked at each other like motherfucker what is you talking the fuck is you talking don't you remember that shit? We, that was our last session too. It just felt real final. I'm like, damn, this this really feels like the end, and this motherfucker already looked like you spooking us and shit. You know what I'm saying? Hey, here we go. And I love that motherfucker, but hey, man, he cool. Yes. But damn, he really had us thinking it was the plug pulled on our ass, man. And we made it. <laughs> so Kia, hi Kia. Our sister Kia is joining us for our conversation yes, today. Yes, welcome, we Kia. Doctor Kia, right, Doctor Kia. Yeah. Before we jump into our topic, let's do a short recap of last week's episode titled "Juneteenth <laughs> Napkins." <laughs> yes. Which made me laugh because I was actually um, listening to Getting Grown's Patreon and Kia and Jade were going off about the merch. So that was kind of funny yes. <laughs> that we all had something to say about that last I mean, week. this just the yeah. same old tired ass commercialization. Yep. I mean, they have cupcake toppers and and no shame plates and napkins mm-hmm. and raglass red velvet ice cream. <laughs> right. And Kia, what is like, the, what's the dress code for a Juneteenth party, Dr. Kia? What are you supposed to wear? First of all, first of all, I want I want white folks to know that we have been Juneteenthing for many, many mm-hmm. years without their yes. interference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't we we well before they got wind of all that Juneteenth was, we found our own ways to celebrate mm-hmm. and I, I thought that we were doing just fine. a good mm-hmm. job with our own traditions, our own customs, our own meals, and the ways in which we celebrate and, our and honor. Paper towel. You we know what I'm saying? No we didn't need we didn't need any intervention with our red coolers and and um, potato salad with paprika. I'm drinking and, out of a mason jar right now. Hot catfish. Ooh. We didn't ask for any intervention. Mm-hmm at all and so it's just I mean it's just not lost on me that white people love to just stick their non-noses in things that don't concern them and and it was some niggas in there too you better believe I'm it sure. was some Herschel Walker ass niggas in that first of all too. isn't that brain shaking oh my stirred? goodness well we, let's not let's not even veer too far off the course that our Lord has has aligned for us to, for today's conversation I'm but sorry. yes I'm Dr. Kia because you know we can do that and yes, yes, Dr. Kia, you're right. We're on the same page. I hate him and his child. Eat, eat two child. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate, I hate both of y'all. Okay, eat two mijo. <laughs> or shit, his I don't know how he identified, but you know what I'm saying? Know. Yes. I hate it's Herschel Walker. For those who don't know, we're talking about Herschel Walker. Uh, who is also affectionately known as shit for brains by most black people with sense. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I'm sorry. Yes. I like how I'm supposed to be who stood out to you in the Juneteenth episode? Well, I was going to be hard-headed and not go to the Juneteenth episode because what an episode that was. But I did have to dial back to this particular <laughs> comment because, you know, it brings up a, a, a part for me, a moment. Anyway, actually, let me just mention, too, because this one was funny, but I was in the SoundCloud streets, and shout-out to DeAndre J. Francis, because she said Caribbean KFC hit different. So I got to remember when I'm in the Caribbean to hit the KFC out there, okay? Um... Because we were talking about how food tastes different in different places, and I thought that that was interesting and true. But to know that KFC has a presence out there, I just, you know, fresh chicken, yes. Anyway, I also want to give a shout-out to Crush. That's C-R-U-S-H. I wonder what it stands for. Uh, their comment is, the worst part about the Juneteenth, Juneteenth ice cream is that apparently they ripped it off uh, the flavor from a Black-owned business. Like, come on now. We know America is mm-hmm. going to capitalize on the holiday, but at least shine the light on the Black business, not steal. Yes, to our point, and also because we was talking about how we want to try that ice cream to know that it was stolen. I mean, obviously it had to be stolen. I just assume it was some niggas in the boardroom that stole it. Maybe. Can I say something? Uh, I mean, yes, but can I just finish right quick? <laughs> yeah, I just want I just want to make sure I get this point out because you're going. I already know where you about to go. I feel like the moment we talked about that flavor, but I I don't feel as bad saying that I wanted some because they had stole it from black people. So I still want some. <laughs> go ahead, Dustin. I feel like that's the one part in all this they got right. Because if you're going to do it, at least make the motherfucker taste good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least, at least they source the recipe from the right place. I feel like in this whole debacle and debauchery, I believe that that is the one part that they got wow. right. It's the flavor for flavor. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, friend? What did you find out there in them streets? Um, so I actually was in the Patreon streets and uh, remember I mentioned on last week's episode that everything, if people wanted to send me stuff about grief, you know, mm-hmm. the topic we're covering today to find me, however they could find me, email messages, DMs. Um, but we also got a lot of comments on the Patreon and a lot of emails. Um, but Naya Young said to me, I am a new oncology nurse. I hold people's hands through their first cancer diagnosis, their first and last treatments, and sometimes they're in their last breaths. While my job is an obvious type of healing, I have to turn to the arts when I need healing of my own, whether it's a movie, a song, a show, a book, a podcast, or even a shopping trip so all my joy isn't stripped. I want to thank y'all in the friend zone for being a part of my weekly healing after my prayer and meditation, I listen to y'all's podcast on the way to work. So I have some joy to share with my patients and I'm not draining myself every Amen. day. Thank you. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I remember I saw a quote um, on Twitter where somebody, or a tweet rather, where somebody was saying, just remember like on the harder days that people really do lean on the creatives and the artists, you know, which is so funny because you grow up being told not to go into those Mm -hmm. fields (laughs) like Mm -hmm. they're frowned upon they're viewed as less than like what are you doing with your life type thing and really we're the ones that help keep the world going Mm -hmm. and moving so I thought that comment and even just the fact that we can be a part of her healing while she's healing others you know or holding space I should say for people to heal just felt really good and in alignment with what I want to talk about today. So thank you for that comment. Dustin Ross, anything that you found in the Twitter streets last week? Yeah, here go a little more love for us, keeping it positive. Shout out to Keep Your Heart. 
who is spelled just like that. Keep your heart. They said I took a bike ride from 125th Street to Battery Park and okay. back. For those of you who are not familiar, Ooh, I remember that ride. That was my ride. Manhattan. Yes. Yeah. So they Down said the they Hudson. took a bike ride. Yeah. From mm-hmm. 125th Street to Battery Park and back. Thank the Lord oh, for e-bikes and friends on pop for having me laughing. Um, y'all are truly my faves. So shout out to you, yes, girl. Yeah. Love that. Now on to the shit from the bull. Oh, Lord. All right. Here comes. Um, <laughs> so there's all these people who are doing these photos of themselves with their collection of guns. Oh, God. Um, and it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. But shout out to at. Um, who is it? At Tia Bia, T-I-A, B-B-E-A, um, whose name is Sergeant Silk Press, which I found to be beautiful. But they said, uh, <laughs> they quoted a picture of former U.S. former U.S. Army soldier Eric and his partner Morgan. Uh, it's a girl in Lake Forest, California, with all these guns, and they had 42 guns in the picture. Sergeant Silk Press said, y'all got 42 guns on a full-size bed. That. Look at the bed. That is, Why do y'all have How is that even guns? real? It's a full-size bed on the ground. Yeah. It's not even on a bed huh. frame. <laughs> yeah. so what in the property? Is Priorities happening? all Whoa. fucked mm, up. Mm, mm. All them guns. It's just ridiculous. And lastly, um, shout out to J-Act2, J-A-Y-A-C-T-I-I, who said six days ago, they tweeted, during my job interview today, I was asked what I listened to on the way there. I said, Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. And then we started talking about Lady Gaga. And I said, I was seeing her in August. I am definitely getting this job. <laughs> we got an update two days later. Uh, he Two days ago, rather, he quoted the tweet and said, did not get Damn. the job. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-hmm. Take it, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's all I got this week. Not you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, be tickled, okay? Ooh, yeah, that's all. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find a tweet that someone sent us um, to our Twitter, and mm-hmm. it was um someone was stopping people. Did y'all see that? Because I tweeted it out. Someone was stopping people, I, I believe, in Japan and asking them, what are you listening to? And, you know, the people would just show their phone to show the song or the podcast or whatever, the YouTube. And and one of the people stopped and they were listening to hey, us. Wow. <laughs> That's I was like, amazing. The, the guy, the person was like, "What are you listening to?" And she was like, "A podcast, the, the friend zone in Japanese," and like stops it, shows him ours. I was like, my heart dropped. I was like, this is crazy. I don't Where never get that? used to that. Oh my god, is it on our Twitter page? It is absolutely on our Twitter page. I just, I was trying to find it now. It's the global I'm about to reach. Pull in Asante and type it in right now while we talk. Okay, <laughs> I got to have that. Hold on. Isn't that like epic? Hell yeah, that yes. really made me happy. I love it. Just to see how connected that. we all are she was like oh yeah friend zone's a podcast i'll find Hard it but if you don't find warming. it i'll definitely send it to you but okay oh, that let's get so into happy. this right my heart like fluttered mm-hmm. so thank much you, i needed whoever that. it was thank right? you so much. listening to us right like, now whoever caught that <laughs> But honestly, the the person that caught that because they were right. watching that video and sent it to us with the timestamp, so you know exactly when the girl. Yeah, shout out, out to you phone. too. So that was. Oh y'all! Yeah, shout out to you listening. We got one more tweet that I have to mention because it's an update from last week's conversation. I'm so sorry mm-hmm. I found it when I went to our Twitter page. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Jasmine, aka the Maverick, at go underscore kick rocks. And she put the rocks in all caps, which I knew we was going to get along when I read that. But <laughs> she said, LOL, friends on pod, look at Dustin. My mom is a Delta that worked at Delta for 20 years, and they literally had a group called the Deltas at Delta. So we got our answer to that. Remember, we <laughs> the asked the question. At Delta. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Shout out to you, AE2 Mama Tambien, girl. <laughs> I also want us to congratulate our sister Jade, who's officially done with school. Oh my God, give it up. Today was her last day. She literally just walked out, and I'm just like, oh my God, girl, what you just did during one of the craziest couple of years. I mean, I'm so proud of her. And shout out to Crystal, too, who. Just got her grades today and has a four. Of course, point period. Of period. Whoever doubted, <laughs> yes. Not I. my like, girls, man. Like, are y'all considering how much we work on a weekly basis, and then on top of that, they're Full going to school. school. <laughs> on top of everything else that people are experiencing, Jade is a mom and a wife. You know, it's just like, wow, my friends are doing the damn thing le- legendary congratulations 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 friends we're so proud of you i can't wait yes, to see we you love guys y'all. Um, two of the smart asses i know smartest Virgos. Asses I know. Virgos. Legit. yeah <laughs> now i can call Legit. them both smart asses and it's it, you know and it's qualified. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love with them. receipts My yeah. shout out to our sister that's beautiful 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 news uh especially with the way that the world is feeling i'm just latching on to every win <laughs> deeply. Everybody's good news. Oh my God, right? So let's get into this conversation. So I mentioned last week that I wanted to do an episode or a conversation rather around grief. Um, traditionally, I was like listening to, you know, YouTube videos and podcasts and just really trying to gain some insight that we can share with our listeners. And I realized there's different ways of going about this conversation. I actually want to do a two-parter. This part for me is more so just friends having a conversation on how they coexist or not (laughs) with grief and just the range of emotions that we experience on a daily basis. Really, it's just talking no differently than we would be if we were at home, you know, experiencing what we're experiencing and trying to hold space for each other. And then I definitely want to do a a second part where we have someone come in, you know, like a mental health counselor, a therapist, and they can give us the tools and kind of ground us in reality and, and figure out different coping mechanisms that can help us navigate these like heavier waters because I think it's also important to just talk (laughs) you know sometimes we do lean on practitioners and and you know people of faith and people who this is what they've studied and it's important that we do that but I think what's equally as important is to lean on your friends and your community and just gain an understanding of like where everyone's at how everyone's feeling and how they're dealing just as friends and sometimes even just listening to that is so helpful because this past couple, the past couple of weeks have been pretty challenging for me. And I found myself actually needing to listen more than speaking. And that was interesting for me because it was like, I found myself leaning on whether it's friends or I told you I was looking up YouTube videos and, mm-hmm. and listening to different therapy based podcasts 
And it just felt so soothing in a way to just remember how connected we all are. You know, we might not be experiencing the same exact things or even expressing them in the same ways, but everyone is experiencing something and and trying to take each day as it comes and, you know, and figuring out how to get through that. And just that connection, you know, because I realize grief, what I'm understanding in my life now is that it's a, a shift in connection. You know, it's a shift in routine. Mm. It's a shift in life as you know it. And just that connection, trying to restore that, you know, that is what brought me so much peace in the past couple of weeks, more than how I, how I may have coped before, you know, and not right. that any coping mechanism is wrong, but as you grow and you change, you start kind of trying on different ways to get through things and realizing this one worked then this one might not work now and just having those conversations which is what I wanted to do today so and thank you Kia for joining us I wanted Kia to join us because um I know through our conversations as sisters you know there's a lot of grief and and like a lot of dark waters that you specifically have been walking through in the past couple of months really the past couple of years and i know for you the biggest thing was like just not wanting to feel like a burden for the people around you while also trying to navigate coping and surviving the day to day and it's just that all those layers and feelings and knowing what to do and how to do it and how to move and how to be in community and I think of all the conversations we've had about that and and I thought man Kia being a part of this will be perfect because you're in it you know you have a front row seat to that class and and I think that that's how we can get the most authentic conversation possible right now but I guess my first question just to to get the conversation flowing is how are you guys feeling today just period I know the world is is all over the place, but there's a lot of joy too. Dustin, you know, I love that you're sharing the magic <laughs> you experienced this weekend because we need that no, too. I? <laughs> see how, see how <laughs> no, I have I to remind myself to that, yeah, that grief doesn't necessarily replace the joy. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's who I'm working with right now. It's a visitor. Yeah. Like I always bring up that roomy poem about the guest house. You know, it's just mm-hmm. the visitor I'm having tea with and not my favorite. <laughs> I've had better guests, but it's just what it is for right now. And I have to navigate that. So I love being able to step outside of myself and hear these stories. You know, I think it's important for people to know how to do that too. You know, you can be in grief and simultaneously be in joy and just try to figure out how to make them work together. But how's everyone feeling? I feel great. But further to the point that you just made, I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for those moments when I've experienced like heavy, heavy um, moments with grief. I'm thankful for those moments where shit actually is funny or I I forget for five seconds because it makes me feel like I'm still okay. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I know, I know that I'm still who I am underneath all of this circumstance that is like a weighted blanket on me right now. I'm so thankful for those little gaps and pockets. So to be able to provide that, even if it's through me throwing my whole activities on the cross. I am thankful you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to be able to provide that for you, friend. Cause I love you. Thank girl. you. Now, I love you too. <laughs> how I'm doing. I'm all right. You know what I'm saying? It's hot mm-hmm. as hell outside, which 
is a good thing and a bad thing because even though it's uncomfortable, it's a lot better than the alternative, right? And so um, just having a good day with that. Um, I love, I don't know, a lot of people don't like the day after a holiday weekend getting back to work, but I always feel energized. I shouldn't say always, lately, like the last few years, I felt great about going back to work after a good weekend or getting back to my routine (laughs) or my schedule. Like I'm always excited um, because I do things that are based on creative inspiration. And so experiences, moments, really like enjoying myself. It's important to actually my professional life as well. Mm -hmm. So I feel good today. I feel good today. Amen. We love to hear it. Asante. Attention, attention. (laughs) So I feel okay today. I feel all right. Um, I feel like I've been in a place for a very long time anyway. So it's just a matter of remembering how the dance goes for me or if I want to even do the dance some days. And I think that's where I, I get stuck at a lot of times. Um, as we continue our conversation for the listeners, I would like to actually make another point uh, to what Fran was saying earlier. You know, uh, we are the friend zone, so we are friends having a conversation. If any point in time you feel triggered while listening to the show, please uh, go seek additional resources and get any help. Talk to whoever you need to talk to or call up a family member or a friend and uh, see if you need to go any further than that. But um, I'm glad that you're providing a space for us, Fran, because I've actually um, just over the past weekend, I was having a lot of reflections about where I used to be in life and all y'all know like how hard I used to work in restaurants and my life path Mm -hmm. is service. Like my life path is just service. Like it just is, it's not necessarily service industry. So, you know, breaking out of that and remembering their separate things has always been a thing for me. But as I've reflected over like past parts of my life where I was in service, I really disassociated Mm -hmm. a lot and like tried to work not even through, but just work past a lot of, uh, grief that I was having and sometimes Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like I properly grieved in those situations when grief does kick back up it's like a whole like whirlwind all over again of having to remember oh yeah you didn't even deal with this the first time so now you're just compounding how you're uh because it's like it's like cumulative grief at this point so that and and that not dealing with own my own personal griefs with but still reacting to the world shit and then trying to still be a human and not only exist in one of those realms at a time is just, it can be taxing. But uh, again, I just feel all right today. Like I, I had a good weekend. There were a lot of moments where I was just like, what the hell is going on? Why am I doing this? But there were a lot of other moments that was like, yeah, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> like it was, it, it's a lot of up and down, but it doesn't always feel like a dramatic ass drop or, or, a jump so thank god for that today <laughs> what about you friend how you Amen. feeling friend well let's go to kia oh, yeah. right kia please um <laughs> Sister. Uh, i think i i think uh i would agree with a lot of what's been said i think um i think where i am today is sort of just being present and i'm trying to i'm in a space where um you know I'm trying not to be so in my head about how I'm feeling, but just sort of acknowledging the feeling and being okay with, with that being what it is. And so like, there's lots of going, lots of heaviness going on in the world, which does sort of trigger um, different things. Um, But, you know, like Dustin said, 
um, I have learned and really come to appreciate how grief and gratitude and joy can and should coexist. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's not about judging because I think one of the habits that I have had and been working through is trying not to be so hard on myself for when I'm not feeling amazing or when something triggers me or bothers me and trying to sort of like rush through that feeling rather just being present in it, you know, uh, and just saying, I am, I can, I can be absolutely grateful and thankful to be alive and to be in this space and to have what I have. And at the same time, also be acknowledging of, of the fact that this is hard and, you know, there are triggers that make it even harder on some days. And, and those two things coexist at one time. One doesn't cancel out the other. So I'm present. I'm present Mm -hmm. in all of my many feelings, (laughs) the feelings of joy and excitement and appreciation. And also the reality of this being a hard time of year for me. (laughs) I I connect with that so much too, just because like the, like I mentioned, I haven't been feeling well. And that to me is important to even be able to name it, you know, like, because I, I, for a long time, you know, people joke all the time about being the strong friend, but you you mm-hmm. have to kind of you're the caretaker in a lot of ways. So um, it's very easy to position yourself as a caretaker, even in a way to like avoid yourself in a lot of ways. You know what I'm saying? So that you're so busy, quote unquote, worrying about everyone mm-hmm. else. You're mm-hmm. occupied worrying about everyone else. And it's just an, another form of escapism, you know, under the guise of like, oh, I'm I'm healing or whatever. And so, oh, I just saw a white butterfly. That's my grandma. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. Um, mm-hmm. So, ooh, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You know how I keep talking about the rooftop. Mm-hmm. There, uh, mm-hmm. I, I be having signs on the rooftop too someday. So it's really like. Ain't that so deep where you just be like, whoa, it's just like the other day when I was talking about Netic and then the mm-hmm. hummingbird came to my window mm-hmm. and even at his, um, his, uh, burial, there was a, a peacock <laughs> that came to the burial <laughs> and then something. And this is in LA at wow. you know, the cemetery. And, and so jokingly, his brother was like, you peacock and motherfucker, even down <laughs> to the cemetery. <laughs> And then Mm -hmm. the peacock started like shaking its feathers, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just so profound and just such a like a a moment of like levity, even in in the sadness of everything that's going on. Um, But I wonder what I'm going to show up as, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. I think it's going to show up as a different thing for every person. Probably so. I think some of y'all is going to be. I like that theory. Like a. I don't know, you're going to be there and you're going to hear like a motorcycle or something coming down. <laughs> coming down the street or something. You're going to be like that motherfucker. You're going to be on the brink of making an emotional decision and you're going to hear that shit. <laughs> coming down the street, y'all going to be like that motherfucking dusty. I knew I it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to me, that's so beautiful. Like even in these past couple weeks, um, I still was like on the phone, you know, with Claude, who everyone knows is one mm-hmm. of my best friends. And we Shout were laughing so hard. I'm talking about like laughter from the belly. And mm-hmm. it was so important to me, like you said, Kia, to remember that like we 
hold a range of emotions, you know, and it made me so happy to remember that too, to not just be so consumed by yeah. that one range, you know, and, and like, I don't feel it. I called it, I named it. One thing I did differently too, which is beautiful for me as a 40 year old is that I, <laughs> I actually told people I wasn't doing well. Yeah. 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 This is the first yeah. time I've ever done that. Like I spoke to y'all, um, my friends have really crowded around me in a really beautiful way that I've never made space for. A lot of us like want that connection, want that community, but we also have to be accountable for the fact that we have not made space for that either. So that was really a learning lesson for me of like, my your friends really love you. And I know that's yeah. a that's it's hard because not a lot of people have their friends or they're not in the same cities. I mean, I'm by myself out here and my mm -hmm. friends aren't here, but I still, you know, y'all have been calling me and FaceTiming and whatever we have to do. I've literally spoken to Claude like every day for the past two mm -hmm. weeks. He's just been calling me every single day. And that's just been so beautiful to just have your try your soul tribe just like make sure like listen shit gets hard i love hearing stories too like everyone's been sharing their stories like i said that to me it's been a, it's been a big listening and just being open to to people like wanting to love up on you and show up for you when you can't necessarily show up for yourself the way that you normally do like at 100% capacity so that to me has been the biggest upgrade i'd say in in my like coping mechanism toolbox you know because yeah. normally i just drink <laughs> keeping it real both and friends okay both a nice and. bottle of wine to take the edge off mm -hmm. um a bottle and it should be glass you know big drinking family so i'm even mindful of I mean, that you ain't drinking you know? the home, even with so why not <laughs> you know, why did Minnesota home wine come in such big bottles? It's like this cheap wine. It's so much though. Because they knew. And you can't. Because they knew. Sometimes too. <laughs> They're advertising the overachievers. <laughs> Love a chat with demo. Yeah. But I'm curious. I guess my next question for y'all would be: Do you think that you have? Have you taken the time out? I should say to develop a relationship with grief when it shows up, like. When it shows up in your body, what's the first thing you do? Do you have like systems in place, whether it's good systems, bad systems? Have you developed that part of your life to really like resource yourself internally to know how to navigate these times? Partially. Yes. I would say so. Yes, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, um, it's hard to say like definitively if I, that I have systems because I think, you know, grief shows up differently every time for mm -hmm. me. It's not always in the same way. So, you know, sometimes I could be thinking about like a funny story or a memory or something. And that is not necessarily, doesn't necessarily bring me to a sad place immediately, but I still acknowledge that as, as a part of my grief process. Um, and so in those moments, you know, it, I think, I think my system, or I guess I, I could say my, it's just more acknowledging and allowing it to, to let it be what it is and giving myself space to do whatever I need to do in that moment, whether it be laugh, whether it be text somebody and sort of say, 
tell, because sometimes I just will think about something that my brother said and I will text friend and be like, let me tell you about this time when, you know, I'll just, <laughs> I just need to sort of get it off. Right. Um, other times, you know, I'll need to, you know, you know, I can be sad and have my alone time about it. I think it really is about just letting it be whatever it is um, in that moment and being okay with that. Um, because I think what I've learned is that it's not something that I'm working through. Um, this grief is always going to be a part of me. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I'm ashamed of because for a long time, it will be like, I didn't want to be the sad person all the time or the person right. that was associated with grief in a particular way. But I think the buzzkill. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, you know, my grief is a tribute to the relationship that I had with my brother. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. when people see me, they see him. And that's not something I'm going to be ashamed of. Because I it. always, I do. I it's knew my it. I knew it. Shirt. Oh. I knew it. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, I, I feel like we loved each other out loud when he was here and we love each other out loud, even though he's not here in the same way. And so I think it's not something that I try to tuck away anymore. It is, it is going to be with me all the time. Is it, is it weird Kia that I'll be thinking about your brother just because I think about the relationship that you two have, like that's how beautiful it is to me. No, And that's why no. it's never a problem that you're going through it because your brother, the relationship that you two had, I believe, I truly believe in my heart. That's what makes you so so special to all of us because you just he allowed you to be who you are and you share that with us. And I appreciate that so much. And I I love you so much. And it makes me love him so much, even though we never got to kick it or anything. You know? That that is that means so much to me because you know I think about it when Brian passed, y'all didn't know him, but y'all knew me, and y'all still showed up for him in a particular way. And so that, that means a lot to me because all we was growing up, you know, my mother would tell me all the time that, you know, we was a package deal. It was the two of us. (laughs) It was not like, you know, you got with one comes the other. And that was something that was ingrained in us all the time. If he was fighting, I was fighting. If I was fighting, (laughs) he was fighting, you know? And so to, to know that, that, even in adulthood, and even though our paths went separate ways, I was living in another place. He was living in another place. When people see me, they still see Brian. And that means a lot to me. And it meant so much for me for y'all to to rally around me mm-hmm. and, sh- and, sh- and stand up for me, um, you know, even in losing him the way that we did. That, that really meant the world to me. And so I'm grateful. You know, I I, I don't... I mean, of course, I would give anything to have my brother here, but there's been so much that um, so much about myself and about life generally and about my relationships and just so much has opened up and become clear to me, um, you know, since his passing that there are ways that it's really weird to say it, but I, I even find strength and joy in in that. You know, in the fact that, you know, people are encouraged and empowered and they can laugh and (laughs) and still keep those memories alive with me. That means a lot to me. So, yeah, I'm I it's hard to it's weird to say that I'm grateful 
for grief and loss, but I do own it as a part of my journey. And it's definitely made me who, who I am. I think it is a part of whatever God had in mind when he was making me like this was a part of that in some way. And so as we all figuring out what the crap that's, <laughs> that is, you know, I just acknowledge, I just acknowledge that. And I still feel like, you know, knowing that my brother is a big piece of that is something that I'm great. I'm grateful for. Mm. And I, I just want to add, like, I don't know which one of you said, I think it was Asante when you were talking about, you know, being in the restaurant and just how high paced your life was and how you kind of like had this cumulative grief that never got tended mm-hmm. to. One thing I've I've been working on too is the words I use, like, you know, when people check on me and I, my reflex is to say like, oh, hanging in there or like pushing through. I'm always like, oh, I'm just pushing through. And I, I realized that it's less about pushing through because that's what makes it never stop, if that makes sense. It's more about mm-hmm. sitting in relation to it. Like Kia said, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily going anywhere. I was watching, um, I, there's a show on Showtime called Couples Therapy. I don't know if y'all have ever watched it, but it is fascinating TV, at least for me, because I just love people's minds. Mm-hmm. And in the episode I was watching, I think it was the last episode of the new season. Definitely should check it out if you're someone that's interested in like psychology and just the human condition and how that relates to like relationships. Um, the The therapist said to the lady, you have to understand that the sadness of having been, you know, whatever her issue was as a child is not going to go away. <laughs> like there's like it happened you know, you were neglected. That's an unmet need that just because it's met now doesn't necessarily mean that you're not still going to be that child that had the unmet needs. And it's a sadness that will always be there. Mm-hmm. And so it's less about pushing through or like Asante or all of us are guilty of where we're just like, get through the day, numb out. It's mm-hmm. more so about this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> and I think that that's something I've had to work with too just in life like all so much shit happens that you start becoming this person that is bracing yourself constantly I don't want to live like that either you know like I that's why I think it's important to be resourced you know and and asking you guys what are the mechanisms that you've put into place that have worked what are the ones that haven't because in my you know uh current iteration with grief I realized it was this feeling of like what do I do with this Mm -hmm. you know like as it showed up in my body that pain in my belly the tightness in my chest not being able to take a full breath it's that feeling of like what do I do with this now that it's here and that was the question that kept popping in my head what do I do now like today and even breaking it down to that small like trying not to think beyond the morning, you know, like that helped me too. not thinking too far yeah. ahead. Like Absolutely. I have to, I have to work to make this it morning. from one moment to the right. next. You right. can't put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, without being too personal here, I went through some really <laughs> tragic personal losses. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like in a, in a, a very short time span, I ended up personally, like me and my ex broke up in mm-hmm. February and then my grandmother died like that May 
You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and I had some unresolved. I wanted to. I wanted to be. I wanted to be. I wanted to show up in better ways for my grandmother than I did. And so I had, when she passed, I had issues with that. You know what I mean? And so feeling like you failed at like two whole relationships that are critical, that's a lot. And I've never thought that I've been, I don't know what it means to be depressed, right? I know what it means by definition, but as far as like memories of my own experiences, I don't know if I ever been depressed. I've been sad as fuck about some shit. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Biting my nails. Like, I'm like, damn, if I was white, I'd have them red fingers. I'd be talking about like, (laughs) Robert Pattinson and Kristen, uh, whatever her name, yes. the bitch from Twilight, you know. I'm like, that's how down bad I am right now, you know. So, but I, so I know what it means to be extremely sad or whatever. And I guess I, this is where me having like a, a, a an ego or a, a sense of pride, where like the per- person that I really want to make sure that I am showing up as strong as shit for is myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you think about me, you don't really think about a person who is. Um, I'm going to go through some shit and experience some woes of life or whatever, but I really, I really don't let things overtake me, you know, with, if I can help it. And so I just looked at that situation, like, damn, what am I going to do? And every day I just try to fucking, even though I know it's unhealthy, I try to push through it and, and, and tough, get through the day. You know what I'm saying? And just get done with the shit I had to do so I could lay my ass down. You know what I'm saying? And just be in my feelings for a second but then continue to show up in the ways that I felt like I had to because I had personal obligations. And I also think that underneath all that, though, that was just me challenging myself and me finding the will to live in that moment, the will to get up and do what I have to do and make sure that I'm functioning so that I can be on a path to some sort of healing. You Mm -hmm. know, that's the way I would reconcile that within myself because I don't want to feel as if I am weak and succumbing to my emotions in that time I don't think there's anything wrong with anybody's process but for me that's just uh y'all know we talk about we've been talking about this shit for years when you have the flight or fight or flight you know instinct within yourself oh yeah I always if my back is up against the wall I swing you know what I'm saying sometimes <laughs> you know I gotta duck too but I'm a swing <laughs> god damn it for for to, to just save myself in that moment and I didn't know what was really on the other side of that. I didn't know how the hell I was going to make it and how I was going to continue going or what my life was even going to feel like after losing something that like, like was a part of my daily routine and my daily existence because Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be, you know what I'm saying? That's a different kind of loss. And so learning how to live without that and, and forcing myself to remember that I had a full ass life and I felt happy and full you know, in my existence, I had to, I had to find that shit again. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do because I'm old. And so it hit a little differently, mm-hmm. but I just, yeah. every day I was determined, you know, and I don't think that's healthy. I know it's not healthy because I didn't been to there. I, I go to therapy. I have so sick of that. <laughs> Everybody say, you need therapy, even though it's true. Y'all motherfuckers be lying. You know what I'm saying? I guarantee it's, true. it's true, but everybody that said it, I know some crazy motherfuckers that say, I, I don't want to hear it. Y'all just saying. You lying. You just saying that because, you know, that's what people saying right now. But I really right. have been, you know what I'm saying? And I, so I know that it's not healthy for me to, to look at it that way, but that is just, if I'm speaking honestly and frankly, that is what has been my process, friend. Mm-hmm. Every that's day I've just had to, like, try to just keep fucking going and try to go harder and be even better and, and, and feel that I want, I want, 
this is this is what it is. If I had to articulate it, right? I knew that I was experiencing a change, but I wanted the change. I wanted to be able to see the change and feel the change in ways that were positive, as opposed mm-hmm. to it just being a loss. I wanted to move forward and, and f- experience some sort of newness. So I started burying my head in the work. We started our Patreon channel, which gave me so much new, um, uh, so many new obligations and new things that I had to do. To focus and your I just energy got my, on. I, yeah, Kim K. I got my fucking ass up and got to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I put on, let's just call that putting on your skims. I had to put my skims on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that is how I found better days on some real no, that's, shit. That's how I found better days. I think that's beautiful, days. though. I think, I think, uh, I would not. It's honest. And I know that there are professionals and I absolutely recommend um, having, you know, not just counselors or therapists for your general overall emotional health, but grief counselors specifically. Yes. Because one of the things that helped me, um, because it really helps you sort of put things in perspective. And so there is no wrong or right way um, to, to go through, you do what you have to do. And it is good to have these conversations and learn what works for others. But the truth of the matter is your journey is going to be yours and you have Mm -hmm. to learn how to manage, identify and manage your grief in the ways that work for you. And that's going to change over time. Mm -hmm. And so like one of the greatest analogies that my grief counselor gave me, this was soon after my brother passed, um, Cause I was really, it was maybe like two, three months and I was uh, frustrated because I really wanted to get to the place where I could sort of get back to work and move forward in a particular way, but was still sort of struggling. And I talked to the grief counselor about it and she, she gave me, she used the analogy of like, you know, she said, God forbid, if you were in a car accident and you lost a limb, um, would you expect yourself to be back in the gym three months later? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, no. She was like, okay, well, tell me why. I was like, because, you know, you have to sort of go through, you know, whatever comes with trying to save the limb. And if you have to go through amputation, then you have to, if you decide to go through prosthesis, you got to learn how to do that. You got to go through physical therapy. And then that's just to sort of get a general range of motion. And then, you know, working out, that's a whole nother thing. And she was like, okay, so that's if you just lost a limb, but you lost a whole person. Mm. And this was, this was a person. It's just like, just like you would have to adjust. If you lost your arm, you have to adjust to life without your brother in a particular way. All the times when you would reach to go and call him, you have to adjust all the times when, you know, he would be there to help you think through something or to process something or, you know, anything Every, every little thing in your life, it's not just you're grieving the absence of this person's presence, but you're grieving whatever concept of the future that you had with them. Yes. And so as you go through those things, you are going to be confronted with, okay, this is a new, this is a new way that my grief is showing up. And sometimes I'm going to run from it and hide myself in my work and push through because that's all I can manage. Sometimes I'm going to have the presence of mind to be able to sit with it and deal with it. Sometimes I'm going to avoid it. Sometimes I'm going to drink a bottle of wine. So (laughs) so there's no, it is, it is, it is about figuring out, like, just like you have to adjust and relearn and adapt how to 
you know, lived your life without something that you always had. It's going to take, and there's no wrong way to do it. And so if that was the way that you got through, then that's not the wrong way. That's the right way. That's your way. Um, Your way. And there's no, and just because, you know, what works for one person may help you and it may be something that you can try, but if that doesn't work for you, that doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It's just, you have to learn how to do it for yourself. So basically what she's saying is fuck a hoe. You, you, you gotta go through that shit at your own pace. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Period. Asante, you gonna say something? I used to spiral mm-hmm. really bad. Before I used to, before I was a smoker, I was a drinker, right? So it was just relatable content. I mean, listen, when you brought that bottle of wine, I was like, those were the days. Like when I could just disassociate with a bottle or two or however many needed to mm-hmm. get the job done, you know? Um, <laughs> I just know that I have, six I know part of my process now. <laughs> Me, yesterday. I mean, hey, <laughs> it, it was a weekend, right? It was a holiday. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because there are certain times, th- there's like a part of me that knows uh, people come and go. Like, I've always been sensitive. Like, I remember being younger and people looking at me like I was crazy because I was sad that, you know, we're graduating. So so we going to different schools and shit like that. You know, some people are excited. Like I hated you motherfuckers. I get to go reinvent myself. But for me, that was like, (laughs) damn, like I was, I've already told you how we moved around so much. So I felt like I just couldn't maintain connections Mm -hmm. or whatever. So like in high school and y'all know, I went to a performing arts high school, learning dramatics there. And then growing up, uh, losing people and, in some of my coping mechanisms, realizing that the ways that I cope comes from some of those drama exercises I was doing. Like I was like reenacting certain things. I was taking notes on certain conversations and revisiting certain text messages. I was, uh, there were just like little things that I was doing to, I don't know, hold on to a person, but also kind of work through why I I'm no longer going to see this person even though at my core, I know people come and go. And so I think that that, as long as that was my core, I could try to figure out some way to be okay with the fact that someone was gone, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like fully committed to the fact that I'm going to be resolved knowing that they're gone. But I try to just say, okay, well, if I can turn on this emo music and tap into the, and and just get deep down and dark and let y'all know how sad I'm really feeling inside. Or if I can revisit that fight that me and someone had, that really makes me feel guilty about losing them and really just try to work through and not even try to like, not even try to relieve yourself of any responsibility because I, without giving out too much of my personal business, there are people that I've lost that I just didn't think that I would lose. And I feel like, you know, that's usually the case, but it was just like, what like <laughs> goddamn what are you talking about mm-hmm. like no like now i have to see this person or people's social media because there are multiple people that i still can't let go of on social media like we i still follow them and when i'm feeling crazy to go look at their comments and pictures there's other people that still remember them too and they're like commenting and, and leaving love and it's just really hard sometimes to just know that someone did exist and they were here and it's cool sometimes to be able to revisit those memories and see the happy times or to just know that you did have that love at one point. But for me, that's why I was like early when you were like, uh, do you have a process? I was kind of like, kind of like, I don't, because I, because every different, there's different types of grief or different types of loss. Rather I I've experienced different types of loss and I can't compound them all into certain situations, but 
I'm fucked up by everyone, you know, like, and not in the sense of I can't (laughs) maintain, you know, my day to day, but it does at certain times become a little debilitating, like to really sit Mm -hmm. back and think of one special person or a group of people or the world as a whole, like it can be heavy to anyone in any form. And so that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation because it can literally like, I'm glad Dustin said, you know, when the fight or flight kicks in, he liked to fight because I wish I had that in me. And part of me felt like that's what Mm -hmm. I thought I was doing when I was working in the restaurant, trying to work past the grief. I was like, all right, well, we know it's going to, you know, we we know we're feeling heavy today, but we about to go knock these ships out and, you know, just disassociate, not even knock these ships out and, you know, feel how we're going to feel and be okay. Like if I was at work and I felt like I was about to be down for the count for a little bit, I hated being like, you know, watch my tables. I need a moment, blah, blah, blah. Unless I was going to smoke before, you know, but when it came down to something heavy, it was like, I can't let this affect my work. And that was so damaging. I remember at one point, like summers ago, I was really depressed thinking about how I really just kind of put some people away because they were gone. I was almost not, I was almost saying that they don't have space in my life anymore. And I felt a tremendous guilt behind that. And working through all of these things while hanging out with people and trying to always be positive and maintain, it was always very hard for me, especially especially while working in a restaurant and I'm always moving at a hundred miles per hour. It was hard for me at times while laughing and hanging out with people to try to connect or share when I'm, I'm feeling down because people are so used to me being up. So it was like, all right, well now I really got to put this away because we're having a good time right now. I don't want to be a boner killer or whatever. And so there's always this, this, there's always like this dual guilt that exists within me. Like, am I honoring someone enough or am I intruding on other space? That's why Kia is so relatable. And I never want you to feel like you can't call and talk about your brother anytime because there are plenty of people I just don't know how to talk about now. And it's like, it sucks because I still, mm-hmm. I still tussle with all of these emotions all the time. But unless I were to see a professional, I don't want to talk to anybody about it because I don't want anybody to feel as fucked up as I do. So that's why I always try to give everyone grace in any situation, really. But like, I try to give everyone grace, especially when dealing with grief, because it doesn't, there's no one size fits all. There's no cure for it, let alone a one size fits all cure. So, you know, you're going to live with it. Some people it's going to trickle away or some people it's going to actually evolve into something else. Like your relationship with your brother, Kia, like that, that has transcended. Like, I feel like if I had money and I was able to name a school or a building, I would name something after your brother. You know what I'm saying? Like that is that powerful. But um, I'm so happy that we're that we're doing this type of episode because I've always wanted to, but I didn't know how and I didn't want it to just be like a I don't want it to be a trauma fest. So I'm glad we're kind of discussing like what it's like to feel low and what we can, what we have done to try to feel better. And the main thing, like I was trying to say before, the drama exercises that we used to do because it was just, you know, scene analysis and trying to do stuff like that. I always would like have to reflect on how I was feeling or what I didn't get to share about people And then I would always do like these drama exercises with myself to kind of tap in and out of, I don't want to say these characters, but tap in and out of these, the consciousness that I was building of these people that I had. So I just, it's hard and I feel like a crazy person. So thank you for allowing me to feel seen, (laughs) you know, like grief is hard. It's just, it's so hard. Hey, Mm And and even the way society is designed is sad, too, because I see a lot of us, you know, are going through things right now. 
and we're so concerned about work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can't even society's not even necessarily designed in a way where you can take the time out to grieve. You know, this whole past couple of weeks, I need to be focused on myself and nourishing myself and whatever systems I'm developing or, or working through to, to, you know, cope. But I'm also like, Oh, but I, I, you know, we have Patreon after <laughs> next week's my production episode. You know, we have meetings. I have to sit in meetings and listen to people talk to me when all I want to do is like drink wine and go to sleep. Because <laughs> right now I don't. Sit in the shower. Sit. And just sit the in, the in the shower. And do that Seated. thing where you just sit and put your head down into your knees and let the water mm-hmm. hit your back. Like mm-hmm. that's all I have for the world right now. And it's honestly. I used honestly to count the all... hair on my legs because you know I ain't really got done. <laughs> But when the water hit, I can see what is there. So I would, I would really sit so... there and count. Like, but you know that I'm feeling of like, you'd rather be anywhere else. And I, I just kept having that feeling. And then it's it's interesting, too, because it's like a double-edged sword. Because like, at the same time, work is saving me. Right. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. I have to get up. I have to shower. <laughs> I have to put on something. Yeah. My mind has to be able to keep a train of thought with this episode and make mm-hmm. sure it's organized enough for the listeners to to get what we're hoping for them to get. You know, so it's like, it hurts, but it helps at the same yeah. time. But I do think that we, we are not structured as society, mm-hmm. as people to hold space for pain. Because a lot of mm-hmm. you, thank you so much in the comments. Listeners were like, take y'all's time. We're not going nowhere. We love you regardless. And of course, there's people that's like, I'm not feeling this. Like, <laughs> this, you know, I need my show. And, I, and I've seen y'all mm-hmm. do it to our peers and it hurts. But at the same time, that's just life. So I understand you know what? That. You know what it makes me think of? It's like when people are like, when someone's like actually at a breaking point and they're like, well, I'm going through something. And then someone that just because they haven't reached their breaking point or they dealt with their shit, like, I'm going through something too. Like, it's like, I mean, we get it. But like, <laughs> damn. You know, yeah, like and even me, when people mm-hmm. die and somebody be they be like, "What happened?" Oh my god! Oh, that's what it like for me. Like, <laughs> oh. it's, it's just kind of insensitive. It's just, you know, what I mean? it's like really it's not the time. Yeah. yeah, and you know that that also reminded me. Like, do you guys feel that you are equipped to help people around you even handle grief too? Because someone I love sent me a text this week and mind you someone I'm very close to like they know me very well and they were like um if anyone's gonna get through this it's you you know like it's like your friend and there's an element of that that's like I get that yes (laughs) if any like yes I will figure it out but I don't want to hear that right right now because it almost Mm -hmm. strips me of my humanity too you know where it's like everyone looks at me like like I'm Teflon <laughs> because I, I have focused on wellness and mental health for so many years that they think I just like whoop, pull out the tool and now I'm fine. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. And like Kia said, grief shows up in so many ways. Some days are harder. Like you were saying, Asante, it's cumulative. A lot of the grief we haven't worked on 
shows up when grief is like a party. It's like the door opens and they're like, we all coming in. <laughs> is this what it's like, you crying? Remember when you crying about me? Shit. shit, I'm coming back. Like, <laughs> right. No. It's like all of a sudden you're crying about this one death, but then you're thinking about all the other deaths and the tragedies that you, and then your mind starts getting in that dark space of like, you know, like I, you know, when my friend passed, I was like, why do all the deaths that I've experienced in my life, why are they so tragic? Mm. You know, yeah. like, like, why do they have to be earth shattering, like yeah. soul crushing tragedies? Like, why can't mm-hmm. people just like die in their sleep peacefully? <laughs> and, right. you know, I fell into this like this vortex of just the like but why which is even worse because nothing is going to answer that ever so it's just going to keep you in limbo trying to figure out the whys it's more so it's here it's happened and what how do you work with that that sadness that feeling and accept that it is a part of you like he was saying it's a part of you now these are the things you have experienced and it's less about trying to ignore them being there and more about okay sadness that likes to visit me regularly (laughs) how do we coexist because i'm not gonna (laughs) succumb to you every time you want to (laughs) visit so two things right like i can totally relate to what you're talking about when you say that people that somebody you love and care about text you and said if anybody's gonna be all right and make it through this it's you your friend right i get that response from probably 95 percent of my friends and family i mean know my business when i'm experiencing some sort of personal situation like that and respond and I completely understand your reaction, right? And how you feel when they say that. And I, I decided to channel that because it can feel really lonely almost when like they when of course. get that sort of response, right? But then I'm like, you know what? I needed that because I needed to be reminded of who the fuck I am and and and, in, and not in a egotistical way, but in a way that reminds me or lets me know that I existed. My life, like I said, felt full and happy before. I needed Mm -hmm. that reminder. So it actually is right on time for me, you know, in those moments or whatever. I don't remember what else I was going to say, but (laughs) I feel like that's a good enough point to violate to whoever want to talk next. Agreed. It stands (laughs) alone. I mean, friend, in those moments, you know, to Dustin's point, because this, it reminds, it makes me think of like how I used to resent being the only person able to do a certain task. Like, damn, like I want to just be a damn server because we can trade position. Like I can call out and other people can do this. I don't want to be the damn manager because I can't call out. So as much as I hate Spider-Man, I just thought it was funny that one of the taglines was, uh, you know, or the, the tagline uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And it's so corny, but at certain times, especially at those times when you're like, bitch, fuck you and fuck this and fuck that. I try to <laughs> allow myself to be pissed and then redirect the thought, if that makes sense. And and when you're in a state, you really don't have to. You you can literally do whatever you want. But when someone says some shit like right. that to you and it's like, you know that they mean well, I just try to allow myself to be as annoyed or upset as I need to in that moment before I can finally get to the light and be like, okay, well, now I can feel what you're trying to give me. But damn, bitch. Like, it don't make me look at them like... <laughs> I mean, I, I let them have it because I know them. Right. I know where they were coming from. It's, they know, weren't the trying... Especially when it's something yeah, like this, you know it's so the intention hard. Too. You know, so it's like hard... Because for yeah. me, when I sit back and think to myself, like, when like when you or Key or Dustin, or even when you're in this situation, like, what could I do or what would I do? I, it's so hard. Or like, 
what do I want someone to do for me? I don't know. So <laughs> that's and it's gonna be and it's gonna be mm-hmm. different because what you yeah. might want someone to do for you, I might <laughs> right. hate and not, you know. And that's another thing, knowing how to show up. I've that's something that I've it's opened my eyes this past couple of weeks. Like, you know, I've had friends. You'll have the friend that's like, um, anything you need, let me know. You know, and that's cool. But at the same time, I've also had friends that showed me like I had one friend that was like, hey, these are the ways I want to show up for you. Can I send you dinner? Can I um, do you need me to come clean your house? Can I send you groceries? And they listed out the ways that they wanted to show up for me. And I thought, yeah, and I thought, oh, wow, how beautiful. I never thought to do that, you know, And, and it even taught me a new way to show up in that process. They're showing up for me. I learned how to show up for mm. someone else. In their time, like that worked for my brain, you know, and and I think outside of resourcing ourselves to get through things on our own, it's also like as a community, because I reading um, the spirit of intimacy, which I read a couple, maybe a year or two, and I mentioned it on the show. It's just like we've gotten away from that, that tribe energy of like brokenness can exist in feeling, but like we have each other, you know, like you're going to, you like, I love how my best friend just had a, a baby and her husband's from Mali. Mm. His entire family flew in to make sure that mm. the house was clean, that she was eating, that she was showering. She had an opportunity to sleep. Wow. They were washing her hair. And I told That's her, wow, beautiful. what a blessing. A like imagine village. if every mom had the village and just like ascended on them like we got you like fucking marvel comics like that video everyone always plays (laughs) where all the all the people are coming in and Mm -hmm. flying in like that's what it sounded like when she said it and she's like in her you know sundress going for a walk because someone's watching the baby back at the house and i'm like that's what's missing in our communities too it's like we're so focused on our work and our brands and what we got to do that it's less about like how are we making life easier with and for each other in a lot of ways because I'm not going to be able to heal you I can't make you feel right. better but I can right. I can like Haas says I can hold space while you figure right. it out let yeah. me tell you something this is all based on trust it makes it encourages me to make sure that I'm being a good ass friend not just when my friends are going through traumatic shit or, or going through just a period. hard time but period, because in order to be supported by someone, you have to trust them. Mm-hmm. Because especially when we're talking about private matters like grief, you know, grief related circumstances, that's very private and personal. And it's not information that you want to share with everyone because you don't want people to exploit those vulnerabilities. Right. Yes. And so one. this makes you want to be a better friend because all people need to do is feel like they can trust you in order for, for you to be able to service them in that way and support them in those moments. If you don't fuck with me for real, for real, you're not going to tell me what you're going through. And I'm damn sure not going to tell you my business shit. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? It's, people are right. crazy nowadays. Mm-hmm. So it just encourages me, if anything, if nothing else, rather, to be a better friend or make sure I'm being a good friend so that, A, I have people around me that feel that prove themselves trustworthy because they feel like they can trust me. So if I ever need emotional support, at least I have that available because of the established trust that we've built through being in good relationship with each other. So that's really the lesson in all that shit for me. As far as the sad days, I know damn well my life is a casino night, honey. (laughs) I already know. 
I'm supposed to feel good. And I know that like those depressed moments and that, that grief, I just know when I was in those valleys of, of, of just sadness, I knew that it was a foreign emotion and it was not what I was supposed to feel like. And that's really all the encouragement you need sometimes when you understand that that's not your, that is not the way that you're supposed to feel and you tired of feeling like that. That's when you get on your Kim K shit. So I, you know, I just believe in that. I believe in recognizing that that sadness and that negative feeling, those negative emotions and that the the sting of that, that's not natural. It's not how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to have better days and whatever the fuck it takes to get to those better days. That's your work. That's mm-hmm. the work right there. You just have and to it have is not, real. And it's not easy. I think that's no. the biggest thing to just acknowledge that no. it's not easy. It hurts. It's Name it, easy. call it out. I think, like I said, the most uh, powerful part of this time in my life is that I do have such beautiful friendships. I yes. do feel safe. I do have trust. I have a lot yes. of love around me that allowed me to say out loud, probably for the first time ever, I need help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and just like Marvel Comics, <laughs> everyone mm-hmm. flew in to figure out what their position is. Yeah, <laughs> and that was really profound mm-hmm. because a lot of times we feel so alone. And, you yeah. know, and there are a lot of people that are really alone. And that makes it even harder because I can only speak from what I'm experiencing. But I also understand that not everyone has tribe, not everyone has community you know, and like, and that's why I want to have, you know, possibly Dr. Joy come in for the part two. Cause, yeah. I love, cause I, you know, I love, you know, we love I Dr. Joy. For Dr. Joy. Love Dr. Joy. Cause we I want to, I want to gain Joy. some insight. Like we can only speak from our perspectives and, you know, the tools that we have available to us, um, the friendships we have available to us, but I want to make sure that we have tools for everyone yeah that captures everyone's needs and everyone's configurations and situations one last point i wanted to make i'm sorry Mm -hmm. i remembered it i remember what i was going to say because god i (laughs) did the loving god and my memory (laughs) is in his vision but uh i think about the fact like like when i have had moments of extreme sadness I think about what other people that I know and love are going through. I think about your situation with your brother, Kia. I think about mm-hmm. personal conversations that I've had with all three of you guys mm-hmm. um, and things that I, I am blessed to have a trusting relationship with each of you that I know that kind of helped me put things into if if the, if there is a perspective that exists to like mm-hmm. prioritize things, you know, it helps me in that moment. I think about the shit, the real shit that I know other people are going through. And it makes me feel like we're all like going to have problems in life. Shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm experiencing, even though it feels monumentally um, overwhelming, it's not an exclusive thing to like every Effie, mm-hmm. we all got pain. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Like, I, I really think about that shit and it helps me not to stay so stuck in whatever I'm going through personally at that time. So hopefully that encourages somebody whoever hears it like you got to think about your fellow man i know people get i hate the word fellow fellow man i've always felt like this it's hard to call me dumb or something i don't know but like but you really do by definition have to think about your fellow man people that you love and it helps you when you know that like it helps you kind of check yourself and and just make it not feel so big that's all yeah 
Kia, I know you have to go. Yeah, I do. I wanted to just say, though, that I'm I'm very glad to be a part of this conversation. I love each of you Deeply. tremendously, well, and I'm too. honored that y'all would, would think of me to, to hold such an important space. I want to say that just, you know, it's so important for us to have these conversations and to acknowledge this, because, you know, if I could extend upon an analogy that I used earlier, if you don't like, you know, thinking about your grief as an injury of some sort, thinking about if, if you use it through this physical application of like how we think about pain, if we rush back before we're fully healed, we do more damage mm. than we would have done before. So if you break your ankle and you like F it, my ankle not broke and you act like your ankle not broke, you are worsening the break. Right. So it is about acknowledging uh, that your grief, you cannot outrun it. Trust me from the person who tried in every way, <laughs> you right. cannot outrun it. And if you like, you know, so ha- allowing yourself to have have these conversations, to think these things, to lean on your community, to ask the questions that you need to. It's, it's crucial, it's critical, because if you just act like, you know, I'm just going to push through and act like it's not a thing, it will come and get you. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go. And that's not go, to scare you. There it yeah, is. It's, that's not to scare you, but it is hopefully to, to, to empower you that you're not in it by yourself and that you do have uh, resources available to you, people around you. Like Dustin said, we've all been in it to mm-hmm. some extent and to various degrees. And so this is this conversation that we need to be having with a lot more frequency than we do. But I do have to go. I love y'all. We love you, Kia. Love you, Kia. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kia. I knew she would be perfect for this conversation. And it's just been such a hard time. And I love that Dustin said it's also a reminder of what everyone around you is going through. And the reality mm-hmm. that we still have more grief on the way. Mm-hmm. And that's not in a sense of like, you know, brace yourself. Life isn't good. It's just all hard because it's so good. Right. I've experienced some of, you know, those nights that we talk about all the time where you just feel so alive. You're like, God, life is just so amazing. It's just like, you can't not feel that some days. And then there's some days where you're like, I cannot fucking go through another hit. Like, I I remember saying that, which is so funny. I literally said that a couple months back. I don't want to go through anything else. I'm done with learning hard lessons. Like, God, can I just learn a lesson without it being so fucking hard? Like, I think that's the part I'm struggling with personally. Like, my lessons are hard. And... You know what I'm saying? It's like, why I gotta be like that? And, but the focus can't be that because no one's going to answer me. And that's the part that I have to accept. The focus needs to be, this is the amusement park you're in. (laughs) It's a lot of scary funhouse mirrors and some parts are fun. Some parts are not, but it's more so like we've been saying, what are you going to do when it happens? You know, because it's going to, it's inevitable. That's just the the relationship we have with feelings and 
life and people and loss and gain and whew, it's just life. You know, <clears throat> last year I tried to <laughs> I tried to do an episode talking about Marvel and WandaVision and I'm only bringing this mm-hmm. up since you kept mentioning mm-hmm. Marvel, right? Uh, yeah. Fran, not that this is going to make you feel better, but I want you to watch <laughs> um, I want you to watch WandaVision. It Mm-hmm. It's mixed format, so it might come across as confusing, but it's really about this character dealing with grief. Like at the end of one of the or in one of the movies, her lover uh, motherfucker died because Thanos needed his uh, stone. Anyway, the nigga died, so it's like literally this woman. She's a witch. She takes over this whole fucking town and controls them because she's like spiraling from her grief, literally to the point to where she's using their energy to recreate the fact that like recreate her nigga still being around or alive. And then like a whole family with him. So um, you might not watch that, but they just released Dr. Strange Multiverse of Madness. And it's literally like an addendum to that. But now she's like taking her rant of wanting to work through her grief through the multiverse. But it's interesting to watch just because we watch everything. You watch everything everywhere all at once anyway. So might be a, a little something you would <laughs> want to get into if you need to take your mind off Somewhere of Somewhere in that world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, shit, I've been leaning, like I said, on movies and songs. Let me just tell you, music, I don't know what I would do without it. I when Let me tell you, I really don't know what I would do without music. That is such a healing fucking therapy for me. Just sitting in my feelings, whether I needed to play songs that were pulling me out of it or songs that were pulling me deeper in, whatever the case. That's a piece of some Mary J, some Faith, like I was uh, in it. Pop smoke. I told you, drill music <laughs> make me emotional. So Fabio, <laughs> all of that. Yo, shit. Yeah, when you were yeah, talking about uh, Selection, I went to YouTube and I watched that. Uh, his, oh, one of his sets. Selection. Did you like? It was. It's not is, even just that's the a medicine it, it, man. It is to me. because it's a medicine friend, man. I saw. I immediately <laughs> saw because it's the music. It's the aesthetic. It's like everything about it like because he was uh doing a set at like joshua tree or something so and the stillness it's interesting because it's like a stillness still like he is just him and his crates and he's just in his vibe and i'm like you just get to tap out in like a healthy way too because you know i i'm i am at a point where like my wellness isn't so rigid anymore i used to be very rigid like i need to do this and this and this but now it's like i'm a whole human and I'm going to have days where, like we said, the bottle of wine is what's getting me through yeah. today. Or maybe the fucking Reese's Pieces edible or maybe the guided meditation. Oh, a Reese's <laughs> Pieces edible. Yeah, I, I caught that this weekend and I was like, oh. I don't even like Reese's Pieces. But, but I love the edible. <laughs> but, you know, just anything that was helping me. I, I did guided meditations. I did my baths with my herbs. I talked to my friends. Um, I have a lot of spiritual practitioners around me by the grace of God that I trust. And they did, you know, healing work, energy work, sessions. I mean, you name it. I've tapped into every resource possible. And I realized, like, that's what this is. It's just continuing to stay resourced and not try to push anything through. And can I be honest? This ties a lot into why I don't necessarily feel comfortable even on this show and just in life sometimes being like a person that like makes fun of people 
And I know sometimes people will be like, it's because Fran's nice, you know, and it's not a nice thing. I'm not trying to be perceived as kind or like a quote unquote good person that like doesn't do those things. Cause we're human. We all talk shit to our friends. <laughs> we all talk shit period. It's a part of us. Um, but I, I know what it's like to be in a really dark place and see someone say something about me or, or hear something about me. And then the timing just fucking sucks. You know what I mean? And I always think of that, like the way Dustin was saying, he thinks of what his friends are going through sometimes and just the world is a collective, our collective grief. Like even in the pandemic, we were all going through that. And it was weird because it was something calming about it. <laughs> like we're all experiencing this together, this this collective unknowing and and like, what do we do? And, and there was some camaraderie in that and the unity. It, it was like safety, even in the fear. And I feel like that's, the energy I want to be as a person too, where I would hate for someone that's in a really bad spot, you know, already feeling low, probably under-resourced, dysregulated from their body, just not in a good space. And then like, like even Carrie Hilson, you see how everyone's making fun of her right now? It's funny. Yes. I don't even know what but happened. Like, thing I, like. I don't even know what happened. But the fact that you just said her name. <laughs> Because she had a performance that was like in someone's house. So you already know people are like making fun, like, oh, this is what she's up to. But it's, and it's, Which was I a get lame, it. lazy joke to me, but go ahead. Because she's working. I mean, what you want her to do? Like, that's just being a celeb is so hard. It's like, if your career don't pop off, you can't even go get a job either because they're going to make fun of you. <laughs> so it's like, what? You can't do gigs and the music you made. And, and granted, I understand the culture of jokes like that's just who we are that's how we move I get it but for me I always consider in my brain how that shit's making that person feel we have no idea what their fucking day was like and then look at the week all of us are having to begin with so it's like compounded grief in just existing first of all <laughs> let's not even get into race oh. or gender or, you know, it's like there's so many layers to the sludge. That's the only word I could think of that mm. people are moving through on a fucking daily basis. And so while I do get the jokes and we're human and we're going to crack them, a lot of times I think of that first. And it's a pause button for me because I have been there where I wasn't feeling great and saw someone casually saying something cruel. <laughs> it happens. And it just hit so different in that moment. And I remember saying to myself, I don't want to be that person. I totally agree. Believe it or not, like, I don't even, I'm not, I'm not no mean, nasty motherfucker like that unprompted. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> unprompted, you fuck with me, right? Let's fucking You'll go down it. to the dirt. But like, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not doing that and causing that harm. Just like Carrie Hilson. To me, I think that's a lame lazy tired late ass joke it's down it's down punching it's not and, even and funny it's just it's so over it's so tired at this point like everybody's yeah. used it now what yeah. was funny was like ashley miller shout out to ashley miller i told y'all last week i love her youtube channel she quoted the video and she gonna put miss 5g now that was funny you know what i'm saying <laughs> because we all know the comments she made about 5g and mm -hmm. her, and she her was thoughts in it. her thoughts <laughs> So, like, that was funny. It wasn't clowning her for performing. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a Hard Rock Cafe logo behind her when she was performing. So I think that was I branded to some 
sort of other entity or whatever, there was absolutely a nice check attached to Carrie Hilson performance somewhere, no matter right. how small the stage was. But people that don't know anything about production and entertainment and shit, they're going to go for the late, easy-ass joke or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, it's like a Will and Jada swinger joke. It's just tired right. at this point. So if you want to be funny, say stuff like Miss 5G, because that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that think about it the way it looks. M I S S the number five and a capital T Miss Five G. <laughs> I see you well, laughing. That well, was funny because that's because that's funny because you're not punching down. Like that that's the so part that I can't. I can't. I don't want to be that person, and I try my best to not be that person. I'm not it's perfect at it. Yeah, but I try my best because of the. Like the the degree of grief I felt is also the degree of like love I have and capacity I have to for people mm -hmm. and empathy is Amen, because it's like friend. that pain has carved such a hole in me, like deep that it's like you can't do anything else but just see people differently and and imagine the shit. I mean, you. I was talking about this with Claude. I was like. God, remember the Jennifer Hudson tragedy, Ooh, like her whole family. Lord Jesus. And look at her. She's like still working and creating and about to have yep. her show. You can't help but just look at people and be like, wow, man, we're such yep. powerful beings. And I and I want to acknowledge that, like, similar to the friend that was like, if anyone's gonna get through this, it's you. It's like we can be magical and powerful and resilient, but sometimes we also just like don't have that. And that's okay right. too. Cause that that's the season I'm in. I'm, I'm on this show, you know, we're recording. I have my glasses on, I have my hat. I it's don't okay. feel good, but I'm showing up and, and I think it's okay to like admit that and say that and not try to be this, like, I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not feeling right, right that's now, right. basically. That's just the reality. And I think it helps. It helps a lot. You know, I go outside. I'm not trying to do anything, but just make it uh, make the day feel whatever the day needs to feel. And so yes. I'm thankful that, you know, we were able to have this conversation. Like I said, it was more so just as friends. I wanted us to kind of like tap into what everyone's experiencing right now and just the reality of that and so people can feel connected because I think at the at the end of the day that's what we want we want to feel seen we want to feel witnessed we want our pain witnessed we want our our getting through the pain witnessed we want our wins witnessed you know like just my entirety as a being witnessed and that's brave of you, girl. Congratulations. And it's admirable. <laughs> May we all be, you know, it is just brave. Shit. I mean, it's hard to be in the world as your whole self, even when it's the parts that are like not fun. And that's why I want to key on the show. Cause I know she goes through that feeling really guilty. She's always like, I, I, I feel like I'm the buzzkill friend. And I'm like, you're not the buzzkill friend. Do you no. know how many of us are going to lose our siblings? our parents, like we're going to face that. And the same way I want to be there for her is the same way that I know we're all going to have to be there for each other in different configurations at different times. You know, like that's community, that's tribe, that's love and friendship. And 
like I said, I want to have Dr. Joy come in because I know that not everyone has community. And that's like, I want to speak to those people mm-hmm. too. And y'all going to listen to Dr. Joy because she got community because I'm part of it and I'll beat your ass over Dr. <laughs> Joy. So y'all going to listen to what Dr. Joy got to say. <laughs> Is there anything you guys wanted to add? Anything we might have missed or maybe a thought that popped up that you want to share with the listeners? I just would like to pat myself on the back for being vulnerable today without oversharing or crying because... Come on. Didn't even... A veteran. Didn't even scratch the surface. And still... And, and, you, and you tried to get me at the end, friend, talking about social media. Like, that's honestly... Part of that is why... <laughs> At the very beginning of the show, I wanted to delete my social media. Like, I was at a point to where it was like, uh, pop culture, commenting on other people's lives, talking about uh, what the fuck they got going on, why. But then the other part of me was like, I ain't got to talk about myself that much. So that's why when we have those episodes talking about ourselves, I'm just kind of like, ooh, wish we was doing pop culture right now. (laughs) Like, because it's just so hard when you get online and you already have your own feelings and then you see everybody else's feelings about anything literally anything because it could be something that don't mean shit and you're like well why like what are we doing or it could be something that means a lot and now you're just really super turned up so i'm glad we got to open this door because heaven forbid if any of us lose anybody uh i hope we can be better friends if we're not already to help each other through those processes and for those of you out there listening reassess your circles now um just (laughs) <laughs> reassess how you act in your circles because for me that's one thing that i struggle with as well like here i don't ever want to be that buzzkill friend and because of that now it, i come Same. off as like secretive about certain things when it's just i don't know how to open up with and just be vulnerable like to just be without thinking about all these other things you know like how am i treating this other person by being or you know what are they taking away from this if anything or blah 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 like all of the things that don't matter and are relevant so Thank you, friend. And I love both of you so yeah, much. And and have grace for your you friends too. 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 Some of us like don't even have the ability to show up for ourselves. And you know, and and sometimes they can't, they just can't show up for you. And and I also don't want because I people were sending me that too, like about their experiences with grief and like which friend showed up and which friend didn't and how it was really eye-opening. And I'm like, I get that too. Cause yeah, you wanna feel like if I'm going through something, I wanna feel that you care. Like we're friends, yes. But like some people don't have it. <laughs> you know, I've had people that that talk to me and I'm and instead of me taking it personal with the way that they're talking to me through what I'm going through I just had to realize that they probably just don't have the strongest connection to their own feelings so I don't know how I'm expecting them to connect to mine you know you also have to step back sometimes from what you're experiencing and just observe that like everyone is just trying to figure it out obviously if you have a friend that just like don't give a fuck they didn't call you check nothing that's a little different but but even that sometimes you know like not to make excuses for people because i don't want to do that but like not everybody has it so some people they're gonna avoid or they're just not gonna say or do the right things and it sucks and in those moments or they're in their own grief because a lot of us are grieving at the same time double time you know like it's just, you That's know. That's why I never, I, I never do that, like, I, I ain't heard from you or you don't call me. Because I already know, like, at core, everyone is really trying to do the best they can. So, like, add, mm-hmm. actual, add life into that, any part of it, there's some bullshit happening. So, like, I always try to make room and, like, reset or whatever. And I'm not always super hard. There are certain things that I, I should be more hard on or have, you know, accountability about. But I just don't 
hold people to any of that. Like, I feel like we're always changing. We're always in different seasons in our lives. Sometimes we're awake. Then sometimes we're awake in ways that people don't see. So it's it's hard and it's difficult. But if you feel like someone's not catering to your needs and what you're going through, just give them room to be over there and, you know, take care of yourself. Just don't hold so much against them. Don't give them that energy. Just work on your own. I mean, you need all your energy as it is. Yes. When your grandson come downstairs, I'm going to pull his hair. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, thank you to everyone. (laughs) Thank you to everyone that joined us. Thank you to all of you who wrote in. Because remember, I was asking people to send me some, you know, stories. A lot of the messages I got was mainly people sharing you know their like what they're experiencing i didn't necessarily want to read those stories because they just felt so sacred and personal um but a lot of you did also send you know maybe blog posts that help you get through certain things or youtube videos or books that you've read that you know were passed on to you so i'm definitely going to link you know, all the resources that you guys have passed on, I'm going to link them in our description box and everything. But I also, like I said, there will be a part two where maybe I can have you guys write in things you want to ask Dr. Joy, like, you know, so we can have time for some more like precision in what people are looking to hear um, and also help have her help us with more resources and how to yeah (laughs) help us navigate because right now we're just friends having convo but i want to make sure that it's useful as well outside of that so (laughs) thank you outro music this week too so okay wrap this up we got outro music stay black and protect your magic thank you for listening catch you next week Be all right. Have a good one, friends. On bye. <laughs>